1: What's going on my friends? This episode of the show is brought to you by My Bookie. And if you found $100 on the street, would you pick it up or would you just keep walking? Yes, of course you would pick it up. So why do you keep picking winners and not betting on them? This is why I go to My Bookie. It's fast, it's easy, they pay you when you win. And let's face it, where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on. So do the smart thing. If you're going to bet this football season and that is the best time to bet, bet with My Bookie. And did you know that you can even bet on games after kickoff? So if by the second half, you're betting on a team, they're not looking so good, it's okay. You can just switch sides, bet for the other team. And if you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little and win a lot, try a parlay. If all your picks come through in the parlay, you're going to multiply your winnings. No matter how you bet, though, the NFL season is the time to do it. Join now, and my bookie is going to double your first deposit. That's like free money. Use the promo code BlueWire for our podcast network, BlueWire to activate the code. Visit mybookie.ag today and use the code BLUEWIRE. You play, you win, you get paid. Boom. It's Chris-a-mania, brother. That's a great question. Look at you, man. look oh, a powerful question. <laughs> Woo!
0: This is the Chris Van Vliet Show. Chris
1: Van Vliet Show. Ladies and gentlemen,
0: Chris Van Vliet.
1: And here we go. All right. Thank you for being with us on another audio adventure with the Chris Van Vliet Show. You guys have been asking for this one uh, for a while. Killer cross... And oh man, this is a killer conversation Uh, Thank you guys for continuing to support the show For continuing to listen to the show Uh, Whether you're new or you've been a subscriber on YouTube For many, I mean my channel's been around since 2011 So maybe you've been around for many years Or maybe like most people You found my channel at the start of the year With the Chris Jericho interview Back of the car People, people always point that out like, oh, hey, man, I didn't find out about you till you did that interview with Chris Jericho in the back of a car. Either way, though, I uh, super appreciate you being part of this. I'm really new to the podcast game, as you guys know. Uh, so you're early adopters to the show, just like me. Um, and what's really been helping is the five-star reviews. I, I keep talking about it, but on Apple Podcasts, it's so helpful. These help the show really, really grow. So for all my iPhone users out there, you know how I feel about blue texts versus green texts. iPhone users know exactly what I'm talking about. Everyone else is like, what? what's he mean by uh, What's a green text. Uh, but come on, if you have an iPhone and you're listening to this, help your boy out. Help out the show. Be a fan of the show. Uh, I will single out one review on every single show, and you'll be the fan of the show for doing that. Um, so thank you for listening. Thank you for leaving a review. Jkid56, he says... Best interviews, little to no wrestlers from WWE slash AEW do interviews on podcasts anymore. Van Vleek gets info that you always wanted to know. Not your typical ordinary, if you could pick a superhero, crap. Guy is top notch. So Kid 56 um, thank you for that. And uh, thank you to everyone who's been leaving these uh, reviews. We have 310 reviews now. In three months, I th- I think that's pretty good. I don't know a lot about podcasts other than the ones I listen to, uh, but I think that I think that's pretty good. So thank you, uh, and thank you to our sponsors. The Chris Van Vliet Show is brought to you by Green Roads. They've been supporting the show since day one, so a big thank you to them. Not all CBD products are the same, they're not all created equal. Some of them don't even actually have CBD in them. Uh, But Green Roads is a pharmacist founded company that wants to help you out and wants to make you feel better. Uh, They've got great quality formulas, unlike the low quality formulas in some other companies that they have. And it's super easy to take. It really helps with pain and inflammation. It also helps with uh, anxiety or nervousness. It's, it's, it's helped me a lot. And I'm speaking from personal experience here. Green Roads has kind of taken my brain from like a, not all the time. I have a lot going on in my life, but I'm not like a stressy person. But I will say there's some days when I've got like a bunch of things on my plate and it takes things from like a 16 lane highway down to just like four Um, so it's been awesome and the relaxed gummies really helped too. So does the cream, the, uh, the muscle joint cream after a workout that really helps. So use my code, Chris 15 to get 15% off your order at greenroadsworld.com 15% off with Chris 15. So you can give it a try. Now people are always asking me, how does your show sound so good? I want to start a podcast. I want to start a YouTube channel. What kind of equipment do you use? Well, I use Samson technologies because it's affordable and uh, because, well, you can hear, it sounds pretty great. Even at this interview we did with Killer Cross, this was at StarCast and it sounds, you know, really, really good. So you can go to samsontech.com. You can check out their full lineup of stuff. So there's, there's so much that we chat about here with Killer Cross. Uh, he's so well-spoken um, and he's such a... He's just a very intelligent guy. You, you probably already know that if you've seen any of his promos before. So we talk about his influences. A lot of that comes from movies. Uh, we also talk about what's next for him in the wrestling world, where he'll end up. Maybe it's AEW. Maybe it's NXT. Um, either way, we talk about uh, his options. And it's such good stuff. I really appreciate that he took the time out of his day at StarCast because it's super busy there. So I appreciate that he took the time to do this. So here you go. It's Killer Cross. All right. I really appreciate you taking the time to sit down with us. I know it's a busy weekend here in Chicago, but uh, thank you for this time. My pleasure. I know a lot of people are very excited about this. Mm -hmm. I am personally very excited about this. Um, You're one of the most exciting wrestlers, I think, that uh, I guess we can call you a free agent, I guess. In one way, shape, form, (laughs) or another. (laughs) But, uh, you know, people are really blown away by your
0: in-ring intensity i think is that a is that a good way to uh say it i would definitely say so i think that's a fair assessment um one thing that i really have always tried to do is uh, create an emotional engagement and a response to understand the purpose of what we're really doing out there and for me it's always been uh you know, to elicit emotion and and engage people with uh, the art of storytelling, the oldest stories in the world, light versus dark, good versus evil, and so forth. Uh, with that, are you inspired by certain movies? Is that where this came from? Uh, I I think it was just uh, a combination of coincidences. Uh, growing up, being uh, I guess just engaging with different forms of entertainment from professional wrestling. Like, very first match I ever recall seeing was you know Warrior pinning Hogan. I mean, I I may have saw the matches before that, but that was ingrained. That was ingrained in me. And um, I grew up in like that time when 80s horror films and early 90s horror films, like they didn't make sense. And that was unsettling. Remember how (laughs) things used to be? Yeah, yeah. And I think that that really scared people because like in life, uh, the things that really bother us are the things that create uncertainty. It's like you've been walking down the street your entire life and you know exactly where everything is and then one day you walk down and everything is different it's just something as simple as that it freaks people out they feel displaced so I've always tried to create that sort of atmosphere in what I've been doing were there
1: certain horror movies that you were really drawn to
0: it's very weird so at, at the risk of sounding totally insane um, I, I, remember, <laughs> I think it might be too late for that it's <laughs> too late it's just work um, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of like... I remember seeing snippets of films I wasn't supposed to be watching as a kid, things that were super graphic and insane. Um, one of the movies, and I, I know this film and I've seen it and I love it, The Reanimator. I don't know if everyone's going to know that one, but, I mean, there was just such graphic horror um, in those films and television shows, and it was just insane and dark and illogical, and uh, I feel like that was sort of a satire or like a, a mirror image of what bothers people in real life like people who are illogical are always the ones who disturb people and then there's also people who are very logical that just have their own arbitration of what's right and wrong and it will do wrong to others through justification that also scares people too so
1: well i think it's interesting that you talk about storytelling because obviously wrestling is all about storytelling but i feel like a lot of what you do in the ring and especially in your promos has like a, a film aspect to it is that something that you
0: intentionally you know worked into it 100 i when i was breaking in i would kind of assess and look at what was going on on a wrestling card or, or, or a television program And sometimes the matches and the stories blend together because the parallels are too similar, right? So I thought on the independence, while I had the freedom, um, if I could come up with creative things and variances uh, that felt different from the rest of the things people were seeing, that was gonna be a great way to stand out, not only that, it was my own individual way of contributing differently to a show versus everyone else. Why would I be valuable in a show? Well, I'm gonna give people something that can't be emulated or done by anyone else. And that I thought was the best way to create Value, you know, from a sincere place, you know?
1: Did you have any aspirations of maybe going into acting if wrestling wasn't a thing?
0: A hundred percent. I've always wanted to be an actor since I was a kid. Um, I dabbled in theater a little bit in my teens. Um, always also wanted to be a professional wrestler too. Sure. And then uh, growing up in combat arts and uh, martial arts and sports and stuff like that, coming from a family uh, that was just uh, always involved with that, I was very comfortable in conflict and so like once you find out you're good at conflict um you know you can you can kind of get lost in that um and i just you know everyone always asks me you know would you fight pro mma uh, i had moved to las vegas to fight pro mma um i was dabbling in that for a little while but over time you know you realize that there are certain things that bring you fulfillment there's certain you know things that you're good at and there's certain things that you want to pursue and. I just uh, didn't love uh, combat martial arts enough to pursue it as a career, but all of that, I think, just kind of wrapped in one big bow in that general direction kind of put me on course with this. But acting, in the films, movies, TV shows, 100%.
1: Are you still dabbling in MMA, at least for fitness or anything like that?
0: Yeah. um, That's just a way of life for me. So I'm always training recreationally, always. I can't stop. I'll go crazy. It's a form of therapy. really anything like I'm out of Vegas so anytime I could ever get a chance to go into Vanderly Silva' school Juan yeah. fight team or syndicate mixed martial arts I'll go in and um, and just uh, roll around and, and do what I do or if I can ever find a heavy bag I'll do the routines I grew up doing there as well so uh, I need that I need that in my life who were some of the wrestlers that when you were growing up I mean you mentioned the first match you ever saw
1: but who were the people that really inspired you to want to watch
0: uh, you know A lot of people will always throw out one name for a political reason. Like a lot of the guys in the business will will say that their favorite wrestler was a specific person because they're afraid they're going to get heat from someone who's above them being like, why would you mention that guy's name? (laughs) He never drew any money. You know, but it's like I really had a ton of favorites. But I mean, not to be redundant, I mentioned Warrior. Mm -hmm. Like as a child, I had a manic amount of energy. Uh, and I just felt you fe- don't anymore <laughs> Well, More so as a child believe it or not, I could scale this wall um, That's Impressive. Yeah, so I mean uh, I just identified with high-energy characters and back then 80s and 90s there was a lot of high energy <laughs> stuff. Everyone was screaming like there was no was so every s- promo. Yes. Yeah, there was no such thing as an indoor voice in pro wrestling it no. Didn't exist. you know um, So basically yeah, I mean a uh, warrior probably as I grew up. I had new favorites uh, Gary Albright, dr. Death um Guys that had an amateur background because, I mean, I was trying to decipher uh, at a certain point as I grew up uh, what was real and what was, not you know, not. you know, The chatter begins at a certain point out of your adolescence uh, as to what was legit, what wasn't. And I grew up around wrestlers. So then when you learn to start identifying footwork and how they're grabbing people, you know, a gable grip or they're getting their hips under people, mm. suddenly like a drop kick off the top rope doesn't look as effective as like, you know, souffling somebody on the top of their head and then proceeding to soccer kicked him in the face like a Japanese match so I had a lot of influences in that direction then later on I really 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 got into character work his name is not mentioned enough but Sean uh, O'Hare he was amazing like I literally wear that coat down to the ring as a nod to him a lot of people don't know that but Sean O'Hare was immensely uh, inspirational Brian Pillman um, just a broad spectrum. I don't have one guy. Uh, everyone wants me to say, you know, Ricky Dragon or, you know, Steamboat, uh, Flair. I mean, everybody wants you to say those. And those guys were incredible. Sure. You know what I mean, like a lot of us have jobs right now because of what they did um, and how they secured, you know, a residual demographic. coming come into those shows where they sold out buildings, you know, of thousands upon thousands of people. But uh, I just enjoyed so much across the boards and
1: i feel like it, it wouldn't be fair like you said to just name one person anyone yeah. watching this right now does not just have one favorite wrestler no throughout the course of your life there's been different people that you've been drawn to so i appreciate you being you know being able to go yeah this is the way it should be sure when you say when you were younger you were able to deal with conflict is that with words or is that with uh using your fists
0: both uh, both okay. <laughs> okay. yeah so it was like it was a weird transition so like every kid you know um you know, I grew up in an age where bullying was rampant. It wasn't. Um, it wasn't assessed. Uh, you got bullied a little bit, a little bit. I but can't see someone bullying. you Everybody though, everybody got kind of caught a beating growing up, and um, I didn't uh, take to it as dramatically as some other people because, like, I was involved with the amateur wrestling and boxing and stuff. But like, I never knew what I could get away with and what I could do because my father would always be like, "Hey, like, you know, if somebody comes at you the wrong way, then put them in the right direction." You know, my mother would always be like, hey, listen, like, let's, not, let's not get kicked out of school. So, I mean, uh, I learned how to work from a diplomatic angle, and then I learned how to work uh, in the angle where diplomacy fails. So, I, I, I don't know, I just turned out uh, that way, I guess, from that type of nurturing. You seem to be so much
1: like, not that other wrestlers aren't, but you're so well-spoken. Um, is this from your upbringing? Is it from your education? What do you attribute it to?
0: naturally. Growing up, I was uh, a kid stuck in a state of avoidance.'ll give you some stuff here I've never talked about. okay. Um, and a lot of people live in different states of avoidance, and I, uh, my communication was horrendous. Um, I didn't uh, express uh, things enough verbally, you know. I was very introverted, and I still think I am an introvert. I'm not naturally an extrovert. I can do it. It's just not my natural place to You're be. You're an
1: introverted extrovert.
0: I guess. <laughs> and um, I just uh, I don't like not being good at things that I want to be good at. So obviously, communication you know, is effective in all aspects of life. So I just chose to get better at communicating, and I think I just try to come from an empathetic place with that, that if I kind of speak to people on that level, then that that trepidation to be that way kind of goes away. So what was it that you were avoiding? I mean, if you're willing to speak about it, uh, I just keep my cards close to my chest. I'm just naturally always in that place. I just, I'm more comfortable just, I don't know, in my, in my own skin, mm-hmm. not putting my energy out there. I like to conserve it.
1: It has being in the ring allowed you to be um, maybe a more open version of yourself.
0: Mm, again, at the risk of sounding totally nuts. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so like, uh, I'm not Killer Cross, um, but uh, Killer Cross is definitely a real thing. And um, I think people would agree that when they go to the shows, they're getting something very visceral, very carnal, um, and and very real in the way that we can use that word for this uh, out of him. So we put him away until the music and the lights uh, start. But there's so. got to be some sort of crossover, some sort of bleed over between him and you. I would definitely say... it's the The development of that character comes from a lot of things that I've gotten from the pro wrestling audience, like the Tollman was a name that I got for a long time, and that basically was pertaining to a promo that I cut at the beginning of my career and I said, uh you know all of these guys running around. You know, trying to play the role, like overgrown children masquerading around as adults, I said. Something of that nature. And I said, well, when I'm around, they're going to have to pay the toll. Had a little rhyme to it, so people started calling me the Toll Man. People started calling me the People's Executioner. People started calling me the Anti-Machine. All this different type of stuff. And if that's what they're calling me and that's what they want me to be, then I might as well embrace that. So the development of Killer Cross came from that. And then, like I said, the inspirations from entertainment and art and stuff like that. So that's what I think.
1: Well, I mean, I, you think you would know better than anybody?
0: Let's hope so. <laughs> Is this the part where you don't want to sound insane again? Just don't ask me about my psychological evaluations. Oh, God. That
1: was... Oh, jeez. <laughs> that promo was great. Thank you. That was so good. I did not see that coming.
0: Uh, I knew something good.
1: was going to happen, but... And I think a best supporting actor nod for whoever... He's
0: the best. That we was, ta- we talked about that for a while. Did you ever see the movie Collateral with Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx? I love that movie. We talked about that forever, and it was like uh, a supporting actor um, in a great film or a television show really can tie the entire plot and the entire character premise together. And I was like, we discussed that. And uh, Jamie Foxx made Tom Cruise eerie in that film. Yeah. It could not have been done that way without you know, that sort of supporting position. So, so. are you a big film buff then? Huge. Okay. Huge. What are
1: like name some movies over the last little while? Oh no, that, that you've really loved because I, I work in television. I, I review yep. movies all the time. I'm part of the um, Broadcast Film Critics Association. I vote on the Critics Choice Awards, so I watch a ton of movies.
0: Sure. Um, in a in a broad stroke, I've really thoroughly enjoyed all of the Marvel films. Sure. So um, I kind of dropped off the face of the earth with comics around '95 or '96, but I grew up on them, right? So like all the movies that they're making now, I read these these comics when I was a kid. And I always thought, you know, of my friends, like, how amazing would this be if they could find a way to create, you know, a television show or, like, a movie out of this. You know, you fantasize about that. You grow up, you forget yeah. about it. Then yeah. all of a sudden, like, full circle, like, 20 years later, they're doing them. So I was like... You know that little kid in me was alive and well watching those films. I really enjoyed those films from a sentimental place. I knew who all the characters were. I knew where the where the turns were and everything. And I thought they were so well done. Who's your favorite Marvel character? Mm, I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say Captain America because he's completely incorruptible. Mm. And that was mm. like a refreshing character presence in a film. I mean, uh, light and dark is always so convoluted, right? Um, the uh, film and the common era likes to play on shades of gray with so much, and I feel like there's such a massive abundance of shades of gray. It's refreshing to see someone who's like either a white hat or a black hat. Yeah, so. I, I I was
1: in a discussion recently with one of my other friends who's a film buff that movie stars don't open movies anymore. Like, you don't go, oh, it's the Tom Cruise movie. It's going to make a hundred million dollars. I think directors, though, have that kind of pull. Sure. Um, is there a certain? Yeah, we've got a mosquito flying around here, annoying He's us. Trying to
0: get us. Five seconds. Of fame. Jeez, well, you got it, mosquito. Parasites—they're everywhere in this business. <laughs>
1: um, who blood
0: suckers? Is,
1: is there a certain director that when you realize or when you find out that they're making a film, you're like, I can't wait to see that.
0: Martin movie. Scorsese, Ridley Scott, uh, David Lynch—huge David Lynch fan. I drew a lot of um, that thing that I shot for uh, John Moxley. Uh, I shot that with a few friends of mine, and uh, edited it and everything, and. You know, my final idea in post-production for that was to set that in like a David Lynch-esque environment because, again, like we were saying, David Lynch is notoriously on in films like Lost Highway and I could go on on Twin Peaks, a television show, and the movie Fire Walk With Me. All that stuff felt really strange and eerie and scary, and it felt so different from everything else you were watching. I didn't want this to just be a generic vignette or a promo or a selling point um, on something that could happen. I wanted this to feel strange. Mm-hmm. So,
1: Accomplished. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I feel like for me, when Christopher Nolan's going to have a film, it's like you know it's going
0: to be amazing. Christopher, yeah, Christopher Nolan, um, he did the Superman and the Batman films and so many oh others, but those ones stood out for me. They were incredible. I
1: mean, obviously you're
0: here. It's an uh, all-out weekend.
1: Um, a lot of your friends work in AEW. What have been your thoughts watching this company evolve from the announcement in January to the first show in May to where we
0: are now? I watched the AEW show live in Vegas, and uh, I'm not saying this because I think I'm supposed to say it. In all sincerity, I was really blown away by it because there was just a very different energy to the show in a good way. Like, um, I mean, I've said this before, but I, I, I just think it needs to be said. Like, with all of the different tools that we use to elicit and engage an emotional response from an audience when we go out there, from putting our bodies on the line to the execution of the story uh sincerity energy listening to the fans uh during the match timing everything there's like people literally weeping in the audience yes. uh cody versus dustin of course like you can't you can't like orchestrate that that's not something you can pre-plan like you know putting things together you can't be like at this part the audience <laughs> is going to cry like That was amazing to actually be around i don't think i've been at a wrestling event in the audience where that's happened um yeah it was just awesome uh penta and phoenix killed it too they kill it everywhere they go um everything seeing the international talents was really cool too it was just an awesome show i mean it was awesome it was really cool it feels like
1: it feels like a good fit for you and i'm saying that because everyone watching this goes killer cross would be a great fit in aew Uh, Obviously, you probably can't speak too much to that, but just know that that's where people think that, uh, you know, it would be a great spot for you. I think anywhere where you can be the killer cross that you want to be, I think would be,
0: that'd be the best situation for you. I agree. Um, You know, like, uh, I think uh, with the direction that they're going in with TNT, um, and I think that with the flexibility that I've heard that they're offering creatively, I definitely think there's some things that I could do there and um, creatively get out that I might, it just might not fly elsewhere. Mm -hmm. But, you know, ultimately I'm not married to go in any specific direction for any company right now. It's even difficult to think about. It's stressful to think about just because of the the other things that are associated with it. Yeah. Um, That's why I've been trying to focus on these particular directions and kind of live in a good state of gratitude, I suppose, and just be in the present moment and focus on the things I can do. But uh, I'm not, you know, I wouldn't be opposed to going uh, down that road when, when I'm, <laughs> I guess, able to. Yeah, you've been
1: A lot of what you're saying here about staying positive, staying in the moment, has been what you've been putting out onto social media as well. Big time, yeah. Are there certain uh, books you've been reading or have read that have really, you know, kind of
0: helped your mindset with this? Uh, Scarlett actually turned me on to a book called Theta Healing. Um, and I can't even begin to explain that because I haven't finished it. But it's a, it's a book about uh, engaging in different types of energy and, and healing. It's in the title. Um, you feel like you have some healing that needs to be done? Um, I don't know. Um, Maybe with the situation. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think everyone is always in a state of um, healing, I suppose. Uh, but that book, uh, Art of War by Sun Tzu, I've read probably 35 or 36 times. Um, <laughs> excellent excellent book that's
1: a very specific number too
0: yeah 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 wow yep yeah. uh, behold the pale horse was a great book um, american psycho excellent book
1: i feel like there might be a, you know a little bit of american psycho
0: i've never heard that before <laughs> what about bronson I love that movie. I know all about that guy. Um, I watched the documentaries. I drew a lot, actually, from that film as well. People will see that, I think. Even the glasses are very similar. Yep. Yeah, Tom Hardy's portrayal
1: there is unbelievable.
0: I love how those glasses are synonymous with really interesting and crazy people, too. Like, Pillman wore those. Yes. Uh, Not that Lennon was crazy, but, I mean, John Lennon wore those glasses, too. And, uh, yeah, it's just want to make somebody nuts you put those sunglasses on them.
1: but do you think you'd be able to do the character work you've been doing recently in a place like nxt or wwe perhaps i'm loving this chat with killer cross quick time out though to thank our sponsors and there's countless ways to keep up on what's happening in the world of sports but how are you going to read every great article how are you supposed to watch every awesome highlight you're going to scroll through every app and visit every single website that's impossible So now coming to the stage is Axios Sports. Kind of like a ring announcer there. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. So each morning, you're going to see the best stories from around the sports world, from the NBA and the NFL to niche sports like cricket and ping pong. Haven't you always wanted your ping pong highlights? The email newsletter highlights the most important stats and trends, giving you the ability to stay informed. It's super simple to sign up. Just go to sports.axios.com. Axios Sports is clean, crisp, and they give you everything that you need to know. You can read it in like five minutes in the elevator, or you can discover like a deep dive article while you're on the train to work. Not only will you get caught up, you'll also be the coolest person in the office because you'll be sharing these amazing links with your friends and coworkers. So join the 100,000 sports fans who get caught up each day, every day before it begins. And best of all, there's no paywall, no subscription fee, nothing. This is a free curated sports content delivered directly to you. So do yourself a favor, sign up for the Axios Sports Newsletter for free at sports.axios.com Sports, you know how to spell that Axios is A-X-I-O-S Dot Seriously, I just started subscribing last week And I feel like I know so much more When I'm talking to my friends I mean, obviously I know a lot about wrestling Or at least I think I do But now I know about absolutely everything So, you can get it for free 99 Just get it for free There's no code Just free at sports.axios Com. Also, guys are terrible at taking care of their health. Whether it's a, a knee injury, a bad back, my bad neck from the time that Gangrel gave me a DDT and I took it wrong. We'd rather just like be like, eh, I'll walk it off than go see the doctor. Which is exactly <clears throat> why my neck still hurts sometimes. This is also true for erectile dysfunction. And studies show that 70% of guys who experience it... Never end up getting treated. They're like, ah, it'll fix itself. Thankfully, Roman created a way for you to chat with a doctor online, and it's super easy. With Roman, you can get medical care for ED, if that's what's appropriate, uh, from the comfort and privacy of your own home. You can handle everything online in a convenient, discreet manner. And getting started is very simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash And you'll complete an online visit. If the doctor decides that treatment is appropriate for you, well, they'll subscribe, uh, prescribe some genuine medication that can be delivered in discreet packaging right to your door with free two-day shipping. So guys, if this is a problem for you, go talk to your doctor online. With Roman, it's super easy to connect to your doctor. Just go to GetRoman.com slash BlueWire to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com slash blue wire for a free visit to get started one more time getromancom com slash blue wire
0: but also perhaps not i used to think perhaps not and then i started uh, i started to grow and develop a little bit more as a performer and i began to realize whereas i thought certain things that i was doing could not be pulled off there I began to realize that was due to my own limitations and uh it's just so funny like and and every pro wrestler will tell you this or performance (laughs) artist um debate uh so every pro wrestler will tell you every year sports entertainer yes sports entertainer uh every pro wrestler will tell you one year they think they've got it all figured out and then the next year they realize they don't know anything Mm. and like that's like the best feeling ever because you just feel like you have more cards to play and whereas I thought that certain things I was doing were either one-dimensional or even two-dimensional. I'm in a place right now where I feel like it won't really matter where I go. I'm going to be able to do what I'm doing in any way, shape, or form. Like I've hit a really cool peak creatively with things. I know how to lay things out differently so it would kind of work in any platform. And people haven't seen me do that yet. And there's a reason why, because I'm saving it for perhaps a, a direction that I finally go in perhaps once we're ready a grander to
1: move. stage? with with that said do you look back at your old matches even six months ago or a year ago two years ago and go wow I've grown so
0: much absolutely all the time all the time
1: I I heard that I mean in my business of television if you look back at stuff from six months ago and you're proud of it or six months ago and you go oh that was really good you're not improving of course yeah
0: yeah no that's it's always like that. I mean, I've always kind of treated every single match as a as a time to improve. And I, I know everybody else does, too. I mean, for the most part, you're rarely ever going to meet people in this business that aren't looking to improve every time you go out there. You know, like, it would be a strange place to be in if you weren't doing that. And that's, like, a fun thing. Like, it's always something to discover differently. So, I mean cool. Is it
1: a coincidence that your initials are the same as your real name? KKKK? Uh,
0: uh well KKRK would be the All would right, be the K-R-K. shoot. But yeah, yeah. yeah, but yeah, I get that a lot. Yep. yeah That's that's just some like was that was that a, a, by design from the start? Well, Kevin Cross initially was uh sort of a when we, were, when we were putting ideas together about uh, character presentation when I first got started, I was thinking about things that chants... Uh, chants. <laughs> Give me one slip. Um, I was thinking about things that fans could chant because I was observing psychology and I was thinking, like, if you have some, like, abracadabra baloney name, yeah. you know what I mean? It might be hard for fans to kind of get behind that if you're, you know, working babyface or something. And I was thinking about uh different names that they could come up with in and, and i was also thinking about marketing and i was thinking about something catchy something that rolls off the tongue literally kevin cross just came to me and um i just thought it was an easy name to remember and um, i just wanted to kind of play off that direction for a while and then kevin cross became killer cross literally from uh different things that happened in the ring i think it was around the time i had wrestled shane douglas we did sort of like an ecw rule style match um i had uh I Extra tape on my hands And I just finished watching No Country for Old Men With Javier Bardem And Tommy Lee Jones Of course Yeah Yeah. And there was a scene That was just so disturbing It was uh, when they finally Arrest Javier Bardem's character I believe his name was Anton Shigar, He's in the police station and he grapevines the cop's back and he has the handcuffs <laughs> and he chokes him with the chain so i'd overtaped my hands that night and i figured a great way to go home would be to unravel the tape and do that's that exact good. spot yeah and people were chanting uh killer cross and that kind of just followed me for a couple months and i was like that's also got a ring to it and it's very character driven and i could draw a lot out of that so the fans are calling me that for months so i was like well <laughs> my name is killer cross <laughs> now i might as well just like all the other monikers and stuff i might as well embrace it and it's been a godsend. It's been awesome.
1: And I know you were a big ECW fan, are a big ECW fan. Huge. What was your one go-to match that you loved in ECW? Oh.
0: Uh, I mean, the first one that came to mind, to be fair, was Bam Bam and Taz. And right. That Classic was. Match. There was like, I remember showing people that match growing up that they were so certain they knew what pro wrestling was. They had a preconceived notion. And then some of them you know, were wrestling fans and they were so certain they knew what they were watching and how it all worked. I would show people that match and they were like, they're really fighting. They hate each other. This is real. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, that's an amazing thing. Like that's not something you can teach someone to do to create that sort of uh, feeling when someone's watching that. I mean, that's art, man. People walk into a place with the notion that you know like a magic show David Copperfield you walk in oh it's just magic I mean obviously we're gonna get we're gonna get hooked tonight the magic's not real and then you know he makes a piano disappear and there's an airplane floating over your head and you're like this is amazing this is this is magic you know what I mean it's like it it doesn't have to do with just collecting a a group of gullible people and putting them in a room it's not that it's making people feel something and that's what it is it's not about tricking them it's not about misleading them it's about making people feel something and they ride that with you you know
1: Mm, mm. other like obviously that was very early in the ECW days was there something maybe closer to a 2000-ish that you look at and you're like that's great wrestling
0: Uh, I think all of the matches uh, with Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar were incredible. Okay, yeah. Uh, Kurt Angle and Michaels, that feud I thought was amazing. I loved Kurt Angle and anybody. Really, yeah. Yeah,
1: seriously.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, all that stuff was awesome. I loved all the Sean stuff with Hunter when they were feuding when Sean came back. I thought that was really cool, and I always look back at that and think, like, that was amazing how much mileage they got out of that. Everyone was, like, locked into that for the longest time. I loved all of that stuff. I thought it was awesome.
1: As we look at uh, this arm, this rather large arm full of tattoos here, which was your first tattoo? Uh,
0: it was a tribal up here. Uh, it was literally just- Is it a, this one? Yeah. It oh, it's a, being a, covered, a, kind a, of. A little bit. It was a black band by itself, and I had always planned to do a sleeve. I knew that was going to be the start of it. So what, at what year was that one? Oh, God. Uh, maybe 2002 or 2003. Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah.
1: Wow! And yeah, what's yeah. your most recent one then?
0: Um, oh, the most recent one would probably be um, my uh, left chest. Uh, some of it was done in Thailand. We went to a temple in Shanghai. Uh, Scarlett Bordeaux and I went on uh, went to Thailand backpacking, and uh, we went to a Buddhist temple, and uh, there was a like a ceremony done. Um, people can learn about it. It's, it's a long story, but uh, there's a tattoo done. And uh, it was like a protection blessing. So I had that done. Uh, I, I don't even know what it's called, but they basically take a rod. They kind of like nail it into your chest to do it. It's extremely painful. But uh, like, if it's important to you and yeah. you understand the purpose of it, then, um, you know, you'll deal with it. But it was probably the most painful thing I ever went through in my For life. For how long? Uh, it, I think it was maybe only twenty to twenty-five minutes to do the whole thing, but like it felt like thirty years. I can't move, you know, and I almost felt like I almost felt like the blade was hitting uh, like my chest plate, like my bones, my I'm ribs. Oh, sure, yeah, pretty oh, fucking man. horrible. Oh. But it was worth it. I'm glad I did it. And I think the-
1: you're so much more spiritual than a lot of people would think. From you know, from the time your music hits to the time you walk back through the curtain, have you always been this way, or was there something in your life that kind of manifested this or the catalyst to make this happen?
0: uh i would say probably over the last year and a half to 2 years i've really embraced uh just a general sense of spirituality um I, I don't even know exactly what i could say i've encountered specifically that kind of turned me in that direction but it's uh it's magnetic it's something that i feel uh kind of in my chest and my core to be driven in that direction and it always provides a lot of tranquility uh, a lot of lessons um I don't know. It's just, uh, it's been good to me. I always get a positive return out of it. Mm. Just no matter what you believe in, there's positive and negative energy that's been proven. And I think that, you know, um, being weary of that and and respecting that is kind of a place where I draw from.
1: Do you meditate as well? I do. Yeah. That feels like, I feel like you have that kind of energy
0: yep. to you. Is that a daily thing? Yes wow yep every morning every morning uh i certain amount of time if i'm home in vegas uh i go outside in the sun and uh i have a cup of coffee and i will sit in the sun and i will not look at my phone and i will kind of just embrace what's immediately going on with me so um that's sort of my form of meditation or i'll go hiking i'll go to a high point and uh and just get away from everything and I think that isolation serves a great purpose to people a lot of people I think freak out when they're alone but I think that again is living in a state of avoidance you're avoiding something you're always in a state of avoidance if you're constantly engaging in things around you when you get alone you're isolated something's bothering you I really think me personally it's a good thing to sit there and be in that state of panic or whatever it might be to yeah you try have to, f- to address it yes yeah yes
1: I, and I feel like I, I heard an interesting conversation recently that we are incapable of being bored anymore because 10, 20 years ago, if you were sitting in a doctor's office, you would literally just have to sit there. Yep. Now, the second you get bored, you pull your phone out and you'll just start scrolling. Totally. And it's, yeah. it's very interesting that you say that you'd like that time to be quiet and be with your own yep. thoughts. Yeah. I feel like more people need to do that.
0: More people do, but that's, you know, in the common era of society, in the direction that everything's going in, it's all about, you know, optimizing, a you know, a consumer demographic, turning people into constant consumers, trying to take, 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 take. They're not just taking your money, they're taking your energy too. You know, it's like people need to, uh, I feel like we're moving away from like, uh, we're abandoning emotional discipline. I feel like with all of the technological advances, I don't think social media is a bad thing, but there are some people that really do not know how to use it effectively. And sure. It winds up controlling them, yeah. winds up bringing out a lot of negative stuff in them. And I, I just think it all goes back to emotional discipline.
1: Well, I don't think it's fair for people that go, oh, it's the, you know, social media is awful. It's the root of all bad things. No, it brings people together. 100%. It, it You know, it make, yeah. it brought this together. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I engage that as much as I possibly can uh, when I'm able to and in a healthy way, you know, um, Engaging with fans and stuff and stuff like that. I I think it's good like if people were not watching what I was doing and people were not interested in seeing me I wouldn't be doing it. You know what I mean? I'm doing it to engage people and as much as I like to entertain people in what I do I also like to inform them and I can always tell people that if they're watching what I'm doing They'll get a little bit more out of it than somebody else who might not be looking for the details
1: 20 years ago if you wanted to find someone who was a fellow fan of pro wrestling you had to It just randomly Would come up in conversation Or you would see someone In your high school Like wearing a shirt And you'd be like Dude You're wearing an N.W.A. I had no idea You were a wrestling fan Yep Now you can just go To a message board A website A YouTube video Instagram Facebook Whatever Yep And instantly It's like, it's like that scene In uh, Step Brothers Did we just become best friends? <laughs> it's like that Yeah sure Yeah Totally Tell us something about Scarlett That we might not know From looking at her Or experiencing her On television
0: Um <clears throat> Oh, God. What can I say that I I like?
1: (laughs) That won't get you in trouble with her?
0: Yeah. um, (laughs) She's very intellectual. I don't know if people will necessarily draw that from the character presentation. Um, She's extremely intelligent. She's very worldly. um, And I believe she's first-generation American. From where? I wonder if I should say that's a good story Ooh. for her to tell.
1: Yeah, okay, well then we'll have to get her yeah. on the show. Yeah yeah, 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 certainly. I think people might, you know, might think that she is as mean in person as her character is. She is. <laughs> <laughs> people might also think that you're as intense and crazy as we see on TV. I am. I shouldn't ask you about that. Uh, no, psych. Test no, no, results, no. Right. We will
0: not discuss that. Uh, everything is fine.
1: Yeah, I can see. Th- but seriously, everything is fine. You're yes. awesome. Thank no. you. No, I, I, I think there's so much more to even in this, you know, this brief conversation that we're having now. There's so much more, and I hope that this is the first of many conversations that we have. With with the positive stuff that you've been putting out there, is there one phrase that you go back to, or one phrase that's helped guide your life,
0: hmm. or maybe even just a mindset? I don't know. That's a, that's a I'm going to get very introspective on that. (laughs) I don't know if we have the time. I would, I don't know, if I was, if I, you know, being afforded the opportunity to put something out there, I would, uh, I would encourage people to never do anything in their lives, whether it be career or personally, that they can't live with and anticipate that who you are today is going to change in due time and... What you change into will not be something you can anticipate. So be a good person. Mm.
1: You said something in your shoot interview. I wrote it down here because I thought it was so interesting. You said that people love to be terrified. In what way do people love to be terrified? Because some people are terrified to be terrified.
0: I think people, in general, at least in this common era that I'm living in, to be fair, are kind of just crashing into things and not really necessarily feeling something. I feel like a lot of people have become experienced junkies and have lost the value in, I guess, all things. I know that's very general. Um, I think that people who are experienced junkies are always constantly looking to feel something regardless of the consequence, regardless of how it may change them, um, regardless of how it will make them feel just as long as they feel something. And uh, I think in a a controlled setting, being terrified for a person who may fall into that category uh, or not is sort of a, is a safe experience. Mm. to a degree mm. until they lose control of that and that's a whole other story mm. but i think that uh people being terrified is just uh, it's an experience they want to have in a controlled setting
1: sure i want to acknowledge you for just everything in this interview i appreciate you being so open uh there's so much more to you than people would just see in a promo or a match and uh, i appreciate that we were able to you know kind of get some of that out there and I- i'm so excited for whatever's next um, me too <laughs> and I guess we'll see at some point in time what that is whenever that is um, so thank you for this I'm glad we were able to make this come together um, it's the power of social media people it's That's not right. all bad
0: yeah don't be an asshole
1: those are the words to live by
0: I tried not to swear maybe that was number two I yeah. don't know
1: who's <laughs> keeping count thank you so much my pleasure thank you for having me man appreciate it, it. seriously. thank you Well, there you go, my friends, Killer Cross. Uh, And if you enjoyed this, please take a screenshot, share it with your friends, uh, tag me, tag Killer Cross on Twitter. Uh, He's very active on there. So if you want Killer Cross to like your tweet, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to like it for sure, but I'm just saying that uh, if you tag him, he's super active and he likes most people's tweets on there. So uh, let us know what you think. Uh, While you're at it, uh, if you could leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, that'd be That'd be awesome. Uh, So he's extremely intelligent, very self-aware, very, very well-spoken. But then again, I don't think we expected anything less from Killer Cross. Uh, So if this is your first exposure to Killer Cross, I mean, you're probably already feeling those things. Um, But take a few minutes today. Look up some of his matches, the intensity in these matches. Look up some of his promos and prepare to be blown away. These are next level Uh, He's an incredible talent, and I can't wait to see who scoops him up, where he ends up next. And he did tell me that when he signs his new contract, wherever that is, whenever that is, that we can expect an even longer interview. He said this will be an exclusive interview. I said, yes, sign me up. So, Kevin, that's his real name, Kevin. I'm holding you to this. We're going to make this happen. Um, So, this is one of a a bunch of interviews I did during All Out Weekend. You can keep an eye out. Uh, I got one more on the way interview with Sunny Kiss, but uh, they've all been up. I mean, you can look in the previous episodes right now, or you can look on YouTube. Um, We've been pumping these things out. Um, So, uh, I want want to thank everyone for 200,000 subscribers on YouTube. Just hit that a couple weeks ago, and we've been rolling here, baby. Me, you, we're making this happen. Uh, And I super appreciate this. And this quote from Jim Rohn kind of ties everything together. It puts a little nice little bow on top of everything here. If you really want to do something, you'll find a way. If you don't, you'll find an excuse. And maybe you've heard that one before, but maybe you needed to hear it again today. And there you go. The words of wisdom there. After an entire interview filled with words of wisdom. Thanks for checking this out. Appreciate you. And uh, we'll see you soon.